Welcome to the Pugilist Podcast presented by Hack Daniels Media, hosted by Mark Hack Daniels and Robert Meyer. We're bringing you all the fight action you can imagine. Everything you see, we see, we're bringing you commentary. Whether it be UFC, 1FC, PFL, Bellator, doesn't matter. If they're fighting, we're watching, we're talking about it. Thanks for sticking with us. Enjoy our episodes. Robert. Yes, sir. Can you, can you tell me about the robot apocalypse, please? Oh, <laughs> like, so I just found out about it a couple of days ago. I don't know what, uh, Oh, I think I, my wife and I were looking for a movie to watch and we have this habit of like, well, I don't know what to watch. You know, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, okay, so I'll just, I'll browse like every streaming service available. Right. And see if there's something that, that we can sit down and watch. Cause our, our kid was staying the night at, at grandma and grandpa, his first overnight. So we kind of had that, you know, the house to ourselves. Um, so I'm on Vudu, which is like a movie streaming service, and I'm just like searching new releases, and I see uh, a movie titled Robot Apocalypse, and uh, on the poster or the the advertisement is the the big bald head of former UFC light heavyweight champion Tito Ortiz on there, dressed in full military uh, tactical <laughs> attire, wearing a sh- a shem 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 shemaga shemaga a, sh- a small a small yeah. um, looking very tactical. Um, so of course I, I watched the trailer and, um, it's a, a low grade shitty looking sci-fi movie about AI robots that, uh, start, uh, acting sentient and then going on killing sprees. And apparently, uh, Tito's this badass commando guy who's got to fucking save the day. Um, I ended, you know, I <laughs> obviously didn't watch the movie, but, uh, you know, after PayPaling Billy $5 and 25 cents, um, <coughs> He said he would he would rent and watch it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's like he did. Yeah, and, he did. And, and like, like Tito's Tito's not even in this thing. He's there for fucking. He said five minutes. Yeah. Like how He's weird is the, yeah? How weird it's, is that? It's very strange. Uh, there aren't too many MMA fighters that have been able to uh, successfully uh, transfer over into the film industry, like doing big budget movies you know with the exception of like you've seen randy couture and like uh what's that that action film the untouchables expendables expendables uh yeah he did that and uh i mean i guess dave batista has one pro mma fight so pro cop has his own movie i've never watched it but it's out there yeah ultimate force it's fucking badass i think did boss root never do one maybe not I don't I've, know. I feel like he might have, but maybe not. Yeah, I've watched Krokop's movie before. It was great. I need to watch it. I can't believe I've never seen it. You know what Krokop's character's name is in that movie? I hope it's Krokop. No, it's like it's like Axon Ray or something like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And does, he's like a he's a cyborg. I don't think he, he really has Does a, he speak English? <laughs> no, it's all in Cro you know, it's it's a Croatian like action film. Okay, so it's all subtitled and shit, I'm guessing. I feel like I watched it without subtitles. Like I had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I think it was like a bootlegged copy or something like that. I got in Korea. That's even more impressive. Um, but what's funny, what was so bad about that movie is there's this like fight scene where Krokop fights this like commando dude out in the woods. And when Krokop like lands a critical strike, it flashes to like this like robotic thing showing like critical damage to the inside of this like robot dude. I mean, I say it's a good movie, but it's, it's not. Well, it's, it's Crow Cop, though. Yeah, you know. 
I'll watch anything with Crow Cop. Yeah, I figured we would just start off with that because it was an interesting exchange. And William, well, for one, I never imagined that you would actually give him the money to rent the movie, but you, Dude. but but you did. Well, I'm not gonna rent it. And so he watched it, <laughs> like, like five minutes after I PayPal'd him, he started watching it. You know, like if somebody did it to me, I'd be like, okay, you know, maybe I'll watch it later tonight. But he fucking did it. Like he got the money. <laughs> well, for one, he's like, he's a huge movie guy. Yes. And like he works from home. Like I work from home and both of our spouses now work out of the home. Mm-hmm. So we get bored a lot. Yeah, sure. I can imagine. But Billy's a, like, you can't threaten Billy with a movie because he'll watch it. Every that's time. why I, that's why i reached out to him because yeah. <laughs> i knew he, he was 10 out of 10 times he'll watch it so yeah. sh- shout out to billy for uh bearing that burden for us you know who, you know what mma fighters actually did like a pretty decent flick uh andre orlovsky and mike Pyle. they did one of the universal soldiers it was it was like a straight to video one that came out a few years back but they actually have a really good fucking fight scene in like a locker room and like yeah i've actually heard now building i've heard you know i know the universal soldier like cult following probably loves it i've never watched it but um there's been some other decent like martial arts movies like that have come out where they're not necessarily like big huge people like i've always heard that movie red belt is really good i've never watched it though i mean it's a david mamey movie so it's kind of weird and kind of artistic but yeah a pretty pretty good flick yeah i'm gonna have to go like into the belly of the beast here and watch some like corny martial arts movies dude watch best of the best you've seen that one right oh dude i grew up on best of the best yeah, i've okay. seen them all multiple times yeah <laughs> do you remember do you remember the one uh so he this guy recently resurfaced in uh in john wick three but the movie only the strong it's like all couple oh, yeah. of, it's all couple of based it's yeah awesome. Tr- troubled teens they, yeah. they have to go yeah i, I think I've, shit out of that movie. I've mentioned it before but um i'm a i'm a massive uh tony jaw fan Oh yeah, yeah. We've talked yeah. about uh, Ang Bak. Yeah, and the protector. He does a really awesome job. So I'll, I'll watch his stuff all the time. But all right, man. Let's uh, let's get over to the what do we got? We got PFL coming up on the thirteenth. Yeah, PFL. We got Bellator two sixty four, and then uh, I mean, if you want to talk about it, there's one FC. Okay. Well, what what's the highlight on one NFC? Uh. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the main event, um, Zhang Lepang versus uh, Edouard Foley-Yang. Foley-Yang's been pretty much a staple of, of 1FC for yeah quite a while. And Zhang is a UFC vet. Right, but he's probably not going to be immediately known to the American audience, right? No, probably. Are there probably any, any American staples on it? Mm, I don't know. I mean, just usually, usually the Singapore cards are going to be based more specifically to the Asian market. So, yeah, there's a Norwegian. Interesting. A six seven two hundred sixty pound Norwegian. So, is it all MMA, or are they doing some of the cage Muay Thai fights and stuff? Uh, it looks like it's it's all MMA. Like I'm, I'm probably going to jump on the old YouTube here later or tomorrow and watch some of these cage movie tie fights because they look intense yeah they're pretty fun 
like I kind of dig one setup. I just wish it had a broader market, you know? Yeah. They do some cool stuff. And then they'll, they also do, um, cage Muay Thai with MMA gloves and they do cage Muay Thai with Muay Thai gloves. Like mm-hmm. they kind of mix it up. It's pretty cool. I, yeah. I dig it. I dig it a lot actually. Yeah. Like it's a cool setup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably, I probably won't watch the card. Uh, it'd be, it, it'll be hard to, because it's going to go off in Singapore. Um, yeah. Usually, usually those Singapore cards, they're not widely broadcast to an American audience. So you just wind up kind of catching the highlights. Well, it's, it's airing at eight thirty AM Eastern time via tape delay on, I don't know what fucking channel. I have no idea. Well, it's out there if people want to watch it. I mean, you never know, man, you could catch some really great fights. You just probably won't know much about the fighters, you know? Yeah. Zhang LePang after like he had a pretty, I think he went like two and two in the UFC. And then after that, like he's won a shit ton of fights when he was in the UFC, when he left the UFC, he was nine, nine and one. Okay. Since then he's only lost twice. He's had one draw. He's now 30 and 11, Holy 30, shit. 11 and two. Yeah. Where, where is he from? He's a Chinese fighter out okay. of uh, right. Beijing. Oh shit, dude. Yeah. He said, it sounds like that's a lot of fights. I don't know when he got released, but he, you still, ha- even if it was a couple of years ago, he's a highly active fighter. That's for sure. Yeah, he left the UFC in 2015. Even over seven years, that's still a lot of fights. Yeah, that's a ton of fights. Well, well, for your viewing pleasure, though, the PFL playoffs are starting, which means we're going to see uh, PFL a couple times over. Um, like they'll stack them in a couple of weeks. You'll see two or maybe three events, right? Yeah. So, Yep. One coming up here on the 13th. It'll be on, uh, looks like ESPN or ESPN plus, um, not a whole lot going on the prelim card. Gleason T bows fighting though, which is nice. Um, I would, I venture like the winner of these will continue to be a backup in case one of these other guys get hurt. You know what I mean? They didn't get into these playoffs or whatever. However, PFL sets it up. Probably, yeah. I but you got to think they have backup fighters. I just don't know how that works, especially like with T-Bow just beating Rory, technically, even though it was a robbery. Right, and then, but McDonald either would have snuck in on points or or whatever, you know, so um, that's the interesting thing is like a, a loss doesn't necessarily disqualify these guys. No, yeah. So that's kind of, it's kind of interesting. I and guess it, maybe because Rory won, won a fight earlier, he beat you know, he choked out Curtis Millinder. Um, yeah, you get bigger points if you put him away quick. Yeah. So, and T Bow lost his um, PFL debut on that yeah, same card. Right. And then, so Rory still would have accumulated points, even though he, he lost a split decision to T Bow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of those. It's, it's interesting how they got this set up. I kind of dig it. it it's kind of it, confusing, though. Oh, sure. But like in Rory McDonald's case, like he lost arguably a robbery fight, but he's still, he still kind of maintained his place, you know, mm-hmm. like where, where a lot of people would have expected him to be anyway. So, yeah. Um, but he does, it's not like he's got an easy fight. I mean, just right off the top, you got Ray Cooper, this dude's like, no joke. He's, he's legit. And he's going to give McDonald probably everything. And then some, um, yeah, dude, he's been he's been fucking destroying people in in PFL's last fight was the decision, but before that he had like three finishes in a row, right? Like all in the first or second round. So these other names, uh, so the other, so that's a welterweight fight. 
uh, semifinal. And then Magomed Magomed Karimov uh, against Sadabao Sai. I mean, I don't know these names or these fighters. That's the other welterweight semi. Yeah. Looks like a guy with a shitload of experience against a guy with not a lot. Uh, and then there's lightweight uh, semifinal. So Clay Collard, that name sounds familiar. Um, yeah, Rush she... Manafio. Clay's the uh, one who spoiled Pettis' uh, PFL uh, debut. Okay, that's why. Uh, Alex Martinez and Loic Radzahabov. So, I mean, <coughs> dude, what I've said about PFL multiple times is they definitely have like an interesting setup. And these guys fight, man. Like they're good fights. I, yeah. I don't. I'm not, I'm sure there's been bad or boring PFL fights, but, um, this has like kind of one of those almost like UFC apex kind of scenarios where you, you won't immediately know a lot of the fighters, but you're going to be treated to a lot of action, you know? Yeah. We've talked about in the past, like PFL's production quality is really good. I think like, no, just, yeah, for sure. Like they put I, on just a good event. I'm, I dig it, dude. I just think it's simple. It's clean. Other than sort of their brackets are a touch confusing, but like they, yeah. yeah, their their production is up there, dude. I dig it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, rocking the PFL shirt, baby. I love it, dude. I love this shirt. I don't know who makes it, but it is probably the most comfortable T-shirt I own. Do they make it in like a plus size fat kid shirt? Do you know? This one's uh, I, I bought a large, so I'm guessing you could probably get it. I don't know what do you wear an XL. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> You're so cute, dude. No, dude, I'm I'm far bigger than that but i'm fat so i'll find a fat kid shirt shut the fuck up <laughs> well i mean i am uh you're you're, cult- you're cultivating mass okay that's that's fine too that's fine too i can accept that uh my overall uh sort of outlook on this pfl though is i'm fucking super excited for it and I think what the UFC is doing, it seems, it seems to be a trend. I thought before it just sort of lined up with holidays, but it's like after they run a pay-per-view, they like take the next weekend off and like, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Like, I think that's fair. You know, it's like a regroup, regroup week. And then, you know, you get ready for the next set of events. I'm pretty sure this, uh, Magomed dude is a Khabib protege. Oh, I'm sure he is. And he's on a fucking tear, man. He's on a shit ton of fights. Yeah, no, he has, he's, he's dropped a few, but. Um, he hasn't he hasn't lost since 2015. Okay, so he's been winning for a very long time. Sounds seems like those uh, those five losses came early. Yeah, and I mean he's got you know beat John Howard, he tapped out Ray Cooper the third. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. A couple couple real good wins, undefeated in PFL. Nice. Yeah. Is he the sleeper in the semis then? I, I don't know if he'd be a, a sleeper. I think probably Ray Cooper's probably kind of a sleeper. I, I bet you a lot. You know, when you're when you're a guy associated with Khabib, like everybody's going to be kind of on your nuts, you know? They're gonna no, be but I'm saying, I guess, things. I guess what I'm saying, though, is like <clears throat> you see Cooper and McDonald got paired up and they got top billing. Yeah. But but this guy below him holds a win over one of the guys in the main event. Gleason T. Bow holds a win over one of the guys in the main event, right? So, yeah. You just wonder, like, you know, I think the this playoff bracket can kind of, you know, mess with some of that stuff. But sure, um, yeah. I wonder if it'd be cool if <clears throat> Cooper and Magomed get past these two fights, and then that you get to see him, you know, set back up Fight for again. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
see if Cooper, you know, that, that'd be a thing where I kind of dig that setup because it sort of forces their hand where if a guy is trying to get a fight back, you know, the playoffs could potentially set it up for him where he doesn't have to wait two fucking years or some shit in the UFC. Like, you know, like some of these guys in UFC have to wait forever to try to get that win back, you know? Yeah. So uh, you'll see guys have five years in between um, losses to a guy where. Yeah. That's an interesting point. That's yeah. I like that. I like, uh, well, it's funny. I mean, they're all connected because Ray Cooper and the guy who's fighting Magnumet, this uh, Sadabu Sai, he and Ray Cooper went to a draw. They fought to a draw last year or in 2019. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, that probably also speaks to either these guys are the top of the heap sort of in the welterweight division, which would make sense given the playoff bracket, but also they may lack some depth too, you know? I mean, I don't know how big PFL's roster is, but you know, and I'm sure they're signing fighters all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're qualified for the playoffs, you know, yeah, or, yeah. or we're even in contention to, to fight for it. So, you know, I don't know how they choose these fighters or whatever as being people who are um, set up for it. And I know <clears throat> you're not going to see the weight class every year. Right. So yep. if we got, if we have welterweight and lightweight right now, we're not going to see them until probably 2023. If, you know, obviously if they continue the, the current trend. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I dig it. I think it's cool. Uh, they'll still fight, but they won't be in a playoff scenario. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what we saw with, uh, what's her name? Is it, isn't it, uh, Kayla Harrison, the judoka? The, yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't like a turn or a, a playoff or tournament fight or anything like that. Are you sure? I think, kind of... I think it was. And I think, was it? But, but I'm saying she was like the 2019. Uh, lightweight female champ. Oh and yeah, then, yeah, and like had that year break, and now it's 2021. So, um, you know, you see him, you'll see him like every other year, I guess. I don't know, but PFL lacks a, a middleweight division, so I don't know how that all works. You know, or maybe, maybe they, maybe I'm wrong, and and 2020 was just a bust for the PFL. You know, I have no idea, but yeah, I'm not sure. I dig it, man. I just think it's cool. I think it's different. And I think it's earned its place, like in the top tier of like mixed martial arts organizations, you know, and I love that they got out early and got a ESPN deal. It makes it so much more accessible and it's not a pay-per-view type deal. It's none of that, you know? Yep. Um, it's highly accessible. I, I love that. You know, you, you don't have to like find it on fight pass or any, you know, some of that shit's expensive. Mm-hmm. So I dig it, man. I think it just it's a good it's a good platform for good fighters to earn a lot of money potentially and also get a lot of visibility and I just I, I appreciate it. You know. And obviously you do too because you're rocking the shirt. Yeah, after I think the uh I got the shirt after the uh Shields fight. After she made her MMA debut. I I, I got pumped up watching that fight. Yeah, I, I remember you saying you were probably gonna grab yeah. And it sure. was like 15 bucks. So fuck it. Yeah. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. So I think like the, for the PFL, I feel like the prelims are on ESPN plus and then the main card, I think goes either to ESPN two and ESPN plus. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing here. Yep. So if you have ESPN plus fucking check that shit out, man. I have ESPN plus. I dig it. Everybody should have ESPN plus. Yeah, so now I'm looking. All right, so, yeah, we get the 13th, and then on the 19th, we got the women going. 
And Kalos fighting on that card. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, we got wow, look at this, dude. Like it's stacked up pretty good. So you and you also so you have a Bellator fight on the thirteenth, and then right away again on the twentieth, you got another Bellator. Ooh, that's a bit of a throwback too. Well, we'll we'll, um, we'll we'll break it down when it comes, but it's uh it's Congo versus Karatanov. Like, I'm 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 with that, dude. I dude, I guarantee that fight ends in like a no contest or a fucking. Something. Well, I mean, you always talk about fuckery at Bellator, and that'll probably yeah. be where it comes from. Dude, there's always fuckery. Yeah, in Chicago, like it's like something always bad happens, and like the circuit Karatanov. If he fights, he's probably going to get kicked in the nuts or he's going to kick somebody in the nuts. In Czech Congo, somebody's getting their fucking eye poked out or probably kicked in the nuts. You remember when he fucking need Krokop's like balls into his stomach? Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Of note, though, of note, the PFL and Bellator are running all these events on Friday again. Mm -hmm. I like that. They're kind of trying to separate themselves from the UFC and competing with each other, right? It would appear so. Yeah. And they'll sneak in and throw Saturday events in there when, when there's a low-level UFC card or a no card, you know? Or a really big Bellator card like Pitbull and uh, McKee. Yeah, well, I think that fight was just big enough to grab some attention. Where Because yeah. there was a UFC on prior to that, right? Yep. And they yeah, timed so. it They timed it right because the UFC end, well, it wouldn't have if they didn't drop all those fights, but it ended just in time for uh, – most people to probably catch the last two fights on the Bellator card. Yeah, that's how it worked out with me. Me too. Which All right, was great. Loved it. So this, I know you're excited for this Bellator card though, because Musasi, yeah, the Moose is defending this belt against a, um, I think an underappreciated John Salter. So John Salter came into the UFC. I think he made his UFC debut like in his fifth pro fight, and I think he went like one and two. Before he got, got cut, um, but in Bellator, he's been near perfect. One one loss in, in the organization to uh, Rafael Lovato Jr., who also beat Gegard Mousasi by decision. So mm-hmm. since then, you know, he's won won three straight. His last one was a was a third round submission win. Um, yeah, you know, I'd I'd probably uh, expect Musasi to win, but uh, I, I like this fight a lot. I think it's a really good middleweight. Middleweight belt. When was the last time we saw Musasi? Oh shit! I think when I like it's been a little while, right? When did he last fight? Douglas Lima, October 29th, ninth, twenty twenty. Yeah, it's been been a little bit. Mm. Yeah, when he reclaimed his title. So, dude, I'm also looking at the prelim card here, and here's some interesting shit. Is they have a 195-pound contract weight bout and a 142-pound contract weight bout. <laughs> like, that's interesting, isn't it? Just like, fuck making weight, just fight. <laughs> I mean, There's... I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, are they? Are, are we Are we doing the boxing weights now in Bellator? Or? No, I don't think so. I don't know. The, you know, the, I guess they probably just, like, the guys fighting at 195 pounds are both making their pro debut, so they're probably just like, fuck weight yeah. classes. We just want to get, you know. Get in there and fight. Yeah, well, dude, I wouldn't be opposed. Like I've said before, 185 to 205, that's a that's a large gap. So I wouldn't be opposed if they snuck another division or two in, you know? No, yeah, I've always thought that. I, 195-pound weight class, especially in the UFC, would have been fucking great. Well, I'd, I would dig it if it was 10-pound increments. I think, yeah. I think uh, there's room for that. Yeah. I think a lot less fighters would miss weight. 
I just think, it, yeah, it, it, you know, it's always weird. You go from like 125, 135, 45, 55, and then 70, yeah. you know, 15 pound gap there. And then I don't know. Yeah. Just do 10 pound, 10 pound differences between weight classes. I feel like uh, you get a lot more guys jumping around though. That's probably true. Probably have a couple more consecutive champ champs defending and shit too. Cause you're right. 10 pounds isn't yeah. a massive difference, but there are some fighters out there that just can't get that other 10 off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, it would be interesting. It might even, it might make more, some fighters more active. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I think Dana has been pretty vocal as far as the UFC goes, like not doing that though. Yeah, I think Dana just wants to avoid the fuckery, you know, like you said many times, like all the extra bullshit that would come with that. Yeah. You know, where, you know, find your home and fucking stick with it. I mean, even in the UFC, you see quite a bit of up and down. I, I feel like, though, if you had weight classes like that, you'd see a lot more guys fighting at their true potential. Like you wouldn't have these dudes just killing themselves to make, you know, yeah. lower weight classes. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, which is ultimately good for 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 business if you've got fighters that are able to physically perform you know yeah you're not going to drop fight you're not going to drop as many fights the guys are going to be healthier yeah. um yeah I, i'm with that i mean it's interesting uh, i'm excited for musashi though i've always liked him man i mean yeah I, dude I, the, the co-main's really fucking good too sabah hamasi and andre uh Koroshkov. that's a really sabah was on the ultimate fighter he was on the the season that usman uh won Okay. Um, yeah, I've seen his face now, and I recognize him for sure. Yeah, and he got a shit wrecked in the UFC, but when he jumped over to Bellator, um, he went on a, a pretty solid win streak before he uh, touched gloves with Paul Daly, who blasted him. Well, I mean, dude's name is Simtex for a reason, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, not too many guys can trade punches with Paul Daly. Um, and Koroshkov is a you know the former welterweight champ. Um, beat a fuck ton of dudes. I mean, he's been in Bellator for a really long time since 2012. Um, you know, he's just, he's a, he's a kind of a staple of that organization, you know, and, and I think yeah. pretty well-respected fighter and super young still. He's, you know, he's got like almost 30 fights. And he's only 30 years old. Mm. So I, I fully expect that one to be a really, really good stand-up fight. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of looking through. I don't. Magomed Magomedov. That's probably another one of those Dagestanis. Yeah, <clears throat> these fuckers are everywhere now, man. Like they're they're running into every promotion they can. You know, dude, this dude's this dude's old though. Magomed Magomedov. Yeah, he's only got he's only got one loss. Oh, he's a little. Fella. If it's one, of, if it's the guy I'm thinking about, oh, he's 29. Oh, okay. Never mind. There's different Magomed Magomedov. This is this is his third fight in Bellator. Yeah, you must be thinking of a different one. He's he looks pretty young, twenty nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a he's a little fellow though. He's one hundred and thirty five. When did we last see him? We saw him recently. Yeah, we saw him in April. Yeah, he fought in April. He fought CJ Hamilton and won uh, by submission. That's a very the guy he's fighting, uh, Ruffian Stotts. I mean, Magomed's eighteen and one. This Stotts is sixteen and one. That's that's pretty awesome. You don't see that too often, guys that are you know both barely undefeated. Yeah, pretty pretty evenly matched. I dig it. Yeah, 
And this stats guy is stats fights out of Rufus Sport. This dude is yeah, no, he's legit. Let's see how many Bellator one, two, three, three Bellator fights. Um last time we saw him was May. Uh he's won all his obviously won all his Bellator fights. So yeah, man, that's that looks to be an exciting fight, actually. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Man, it's like <clears throat> there's there's good fights in here, but a lot of these guys just don't get the same level of notoriety, you know? Like <clears throat> the UFC like overwhelms other organizations, like with um I don't even know how to explain it. Like recognizability of their fighters. Well, their I mean? advertising is top, top notch, you know, I For mean, they sure. put on, you know, like countdown videos and, and just even like four minute clips on their YouTube channel, like highlighting, you know, a, a fighter who's, you know, found success in the organization. I mean, they're, they're masterclass of doing that. Well, dude, even Dana puts out a ton of content that highlights, yeah. fi- highlights fighters and fights. I don't know if Scott Coker does that. If he does, I'm going to jump on and follow him, but, um, yeah, I don't know if it's just a completely different approach or if they don't have the market for it, you know. Uh, I wonder, you know, just a lot of, you know, the interesting thing is like a lot of these fighters are, <clears throat> they all talk about fighter pay in the UFC, but in the same breath, they all talk about getting back to the UFC. <laughs> so it's like, what, is, what does that even mean? You know, like how, what, where, where does the real answer lie? No, I th- yeah, I think there's a, a balance between wanting the fame and, you know, well, I mean, fighter, yeah, I guess, fighters that are outside the like you take Kayla Harrison after the season, like she's going to be a free agent. You know, if she goes undefeated, she she'll go to the UFC. She's going to she'll come and she'll, and she'll come. Weight. Yeah, but, and she'll come into the UFC not making like a, you know, your basic entry level fighter pay. She's not going to be making twelve twelve thousand to show and twelve thousand oh, no to fight. No, but I wonder. You know, that's that's interesting though because if she crosses over to the UFC, for one, they're going to have to pay her. Two, she's going to have to come down ten pounds, which I'm sure she can do, but she's going to she'll basically come in, uh, threaten Nunez for a title and then, but that's a dead division otherwise, you know? Yeah. So it's like, what, you know, uh, maybe that doesn't even make sense for her. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if, I guess if PFL can keep her, you know, who knows like how active she wants to be and, you know, I mean, maybe certain fighters are okay with coming into a somewhat dead division, claiming the title and then just, you know, well, cyborg was, Yeah. I mean, they basically, you know, it's it, all intense purposes. They built that division just to get Cyborg over to the UFC for a while. Yeah. You know, and if it was a healthy division, I don't think they'd have let her go. It's just, there's no depth there. Yeah. I saw something about Julia Budd who fought in strike force and fought in, she was belt or uh, champion. Like, I don't know if she's a free agent or if her contracts ending or something like that, but there's been some talk about her maybe coming into uh, the UFC's featherweight division. Hmm. And she's a like she, I bet you she walks around at like 160. Like she's a big, big tall chick. Yeah. Well, I mean, so Cyborg was known for being around 165-ish. Megan Anderson, I think, has been as high as 170. Really? Um, yeah. She a lot of people were concerned when she was fighting Bantamweight because she'd have to come down, you know, yeah, all the yeah. way to 35. I mean, apparently she could do it pretty well. 45 is probably a better division for her, possibly even 55. Maybe she'll wind up in the PFL. Um, but, yeah, man, I don't know, dude. Yeah, there's been no talk of her. What the fuck happened to, to Megan? Uh, she's just had a couple surgeries, but I don't I don't know that she's been signed by anybody. or You know, I, I have no idea. I'm just kind of scrolling through uh, 
social media now looking for anything. Uh, Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz are going to do a boxing match on September 11th, apparently. That's that's part of the thriller. Um, the yeah, thriller you, thing. Yeah, I think so. And you get De La Hoya and Belfort. Um, I thought Anderson Silva had a diff, or he just won a fight. That's right. So, um, yeah, I thought they were doing like a Logan Paul Anderson Silva thing. Yeah, I thought they were, but maybe it's bullshit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they just. You know. I guess Ro- Robot Apocalypse didn't pay that well if Tito's taking a fucking thriller boxing fight. Yeah, that that third go with Chuck must not have been very successful either. <laughs> All the millions of dollars they thought they were going to get on pay-per-view. Yeah, that turned out to be a kind of a dud, huh? I don't think those guys would shit. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I saw I, some, I, there's some I, other I, fuckery going on. Conor McGregor and DC are fucking it's just on social media. They're... Conor McGregor can't handle being criticized by anybody. What what DC say? I just said like all the shitty stuff that he says. Um, you know, he just calls them out for um you know, like oh, cry for help, help, cry for help, kind of thing. Like, you know, he's losing his way. He's, you know, he's all fucked up, and you know, needs to figure his shit out. Connor doesn't like that. Connor, Connor called him a fat mess. Showing up drunk at media events the very day before he was uh, in the booth calling my fight. I wonder if that's true. Yeah. I mean, I know Cormier likes to throw back some uh, some Modellos. <laughs> I mean. I'm sure they all do. I bet, dude, I bet there's some crazy, like, behind-the-scenes shit you hear about, you know? Like, you couldn't tell me that Joe Rogan's not stoned out of his gourd when he goes in there and does these events, you know? No, I think I think Joe's come out um, before on his podcast and said that um, he does not do the events high. Really? Yeah. Yep. Did you, do you believe him? Yeah. I, there's no reason not to. I mean, I know he yeah, looks yeah, guess soonish. Yeah, I guess he wouldn't. He, I guess he There'd be no reason to lie about that. Have right? you listened to his podcast when he's high? Like he says some of the fucking most <laughs> crazy shit. Yeah, he's a nut, dude. Like, I mean, obviously he can he can go to places with podcasts that you're just like, holy shit! Like, yeah, but he, he talks about like he goes on these tangents where he's talking about chimps ripping dicks off, and I mean, like aliens, you know, all this stuff. Um, like, can you imagine if that would happen? You know, during like a UFC broadcast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, he wrote the foreword to Eddie Bravo's 10th Planet, one of his 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu books, and he just openly said, like, we get stoned and we f- figure out new shit, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, like... But, it, you know, Rogan's a professional, you know? I mean, Snoop Dogg and De La Hoya were getting fucking high on something, I guess, at the last Paul fight, weren't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're they're smoking weed behind the... uh the commentary booth. Wow. But you know, that's, that's trailer. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Rogan has come up before and said that uh, he's, he's sober when he does uh, the UFC cards. That's good. Good for him. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know, dude, the guy's high all the time. I just thought maybe he wouldn't take a night off as well. Uh, no, I mean, he does like sober October and shit, you know, where he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke for an entire month. That's true. Yeah, that's true. What um did you what did you think of the commentary from this last UFC card? Uh, for some reason, Dominic Cruz is um kind of annoying me. Things, really? Yeah, I don't. Nor and I, you know, I'm a huge Dominic Cruz fan, and uh, I I like his 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 take on a lot of things. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe I was just in like a fucking bad headspace or something. But I was just like, shut the fuck up. Like, huh. 
I never, I, I never did find out why Rogan didn't do it. Because he had a, um, a comedy show, I believe. That's fair. I'm just glad he's not like in a rift with the UFC because I'll miss him if he leaves. No, I don't. I don't. I, I just think the whatever event he had took precedence over over the UFC card. That's fair. I mean, it's not like it's you know, it's not to say that he's he's missed pay per views in the past. It's just kind of rare. He tends not to miss pay-per-views as well. well I, I mean i feel like we see less of less like he doesn't do the international events when they were over on fight island like he wasn't doing them you know that was all like bisping and dc and all those guys paul felder oh well, yeah but i mean some of those you know also i mean i just feel like some of that's based on the current travel conditions you know i just thought it was odd that rogan moved to texas they had a pay-per-view in texas and you know like he wasn't well, there. You, yeah, I mean, when you've got as much shit going on as he does, you know, you're running a, the most successful podcast in fucking history. You're uh, selling out huge fucking stadiums. And, you know, you gotta you gotta pick one. Right? Yeah, right. And I'm guessing he got paid pretty well for whatever event he was doing, or maybe you know, I don't know. I don't know. We still need to fucking talk about uh, the last UFC event too. I don't know, we dude. Haven't, we haven't talked about that one yet. Yeah, I'm just like, it was like whatever for me that event yeah like there were some good fights and i i'm i'm you know i'm glad that we got to see a better version of cyril gone sooner than i thought um derrick lewis didn't look right no derrick lewis looked awful that's the version of cyril gone i hope we get to see going forward i don't expect to see that version of him against Nganu. um i think it'll be a far more conservative but and just try to outpoint him uh, but that's the serial gone that can be really exciting and gain a lot of traction, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got he's got all the technique there. Um, and then when you couple that with the desire to go in for the finish, when you realize somebody's hurt, like that's what makes a superstar. You know. That's what people want to see. They want to they want to see high caliber fighters finishing fights. And that's exactly what Cyril did last Saturday. For sure. And I, I just wasn't sure if we were going to get there with him, you know, is all. I'm just, I'm glad we did. Yeah. I mean, up until this fight, I, you know, I was kind of, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't too excited to, to see him fight, but the way he, he won that fight, uh, this past weekend, man, like I'm going to be tuning in. I, I liked what I saw from him. He looked, uh, he looked pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. And either that or Derek just looked especially bad. I mean, do you look at the, the fight statistics for that? Like Derek Lewis threw like was, eight, eight punches the entire fight or landed eight punches. Yeah, and I'm guessing that it was probably – I'm sure there was some pressure of him fighting in his hometown too, though, you know, with a packed arena. I mean, that, that couldn't have been easy to do. But, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, you know, Cyril Gahn, though, is he, – dude, he's, he's just far superior, bro. No, like, yeah, I mean, especially when you when you compare the two on paper, you know – and then you look at the way Cyril just moves around. Like somebody said it on the, uh, the commentary that Cyril moves like a middleweight and he fucking does, man. He's fast as shit. He's in and out, like spinning around. Yeah. Super evasive. Like he's, he's, he's a, he's a bad matchup for a lot of guys. Yeah, dude, it sets up great with the, you know, I don't like the interim title and all that bullshit or whatever else they added to it. I think it sets up great for, um, gone and Ghana were, uh, training partners once upon a time. So, yeah, somebody I read online that like Cyril apparently like 
got the best of uh, Francis when they when they trained together? Like dropped him multiple times. I don't know if I I didn't see any footage. There's footage of them training together out there. It looked pretty light, light sparring. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. You know, I think when these boys go hard, they tend to shut the cameras off and close the gyms down, which is totally fair. Um, Because on any given day, I think these guys have a chance to put each other away for sure. But yeah, I'm sure there's more to that story than a lot of people know. And I know, and Ganu, Cyril Gan is still in the same gym that that they came from. Uh, And Ganu is not. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a little bit of a riff there. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I- I'm still not in love with the whole interim title fucking thing and all that shit, but well, it's not going to fucking matter. No. You know, I think it made, for- it made sense. So I think it sets up some really great fights down the road in the heavyweight division for sure. Maybe we'll see uh, Derek Lewis and Stipe fight. You think? I think, I, no, I think Stipe might pull the trigger on fighting John Jones. Oh yeah, there's something came out about that. Wasn't people there? have people have been talking about it. I have no idea if it was signed or not. Yeah, well, I think that big. fight. I think that fight makes sense. It's a good fight for John Jones. I think. I would. I mean, I think Stipe should be concerned taking that fight. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. Any. Anyways, though, there were there were some other really great ones. Uh, Jose Aldo looked incredible. He did, and I was worried I mean, for him going into that fight, considering how he's looked in, well, in some other bantamweight contests yeah but pedro pedro can knock your face in like quick pedro yeah. munho is, is no joke dude that that kid is no slouch but and i don't think he i don't think he lost any you know pedigree in that fight i think jose just showed up and looked incredible defensively you know? i think jose looked the best he's probably ever looked right um, um yeah uh, dude it was a great fight yeah it was i still don't know if i like jose at 135 um he still looks kind of sucked down, you know, and dried out. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like 145 is probably better for him, but if he can make the weight and he wants to do it, you know, and if he can string together some wins, um, yeah, good for him, you know. I think we're going to see a Jose, uh, TJ Dillashaw. People are talking about it. <clears throat> it. It might be a little further down the road, but I think that fight makes sense. If TJ wants to get himself back, that's a good fight for him to take, I think. It goes Jose Aldo, uh, yeah, you beat him. That means something. For sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm not a big Aldo fan, but it was a, it was a great – even Conor McGregor was, like, shouting yeah. him out, dude, like, shouted him out. He's like, this dude's actually a legend, like, you know, which I thought was cool. Yeah. So, Vincent Luque looked great. Uh, Chiesa, man, that dude, you don't – sometimes you just don't know who's going to show up, you know? Like the, when, when Kiesa got him to the ground, I was convinced like Kiesa was going to win and the way Luke reversed him and yeah choked him out like immediately afterwards. There's just well, fucking levels to that shit, right? Like Kiesa is good on the ground. He's pretty decent, but he has been susceptible to getting put away on the ground in the past, but he's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, dude, Luke just fucking yanked that neck, dude. Like, whoa. <laughs> Luke, Luke should have. You know, like he he had a very like positive kind of like happy uh, post fight celebration and, and interview. Like I, I feel like he he really should have done that. Kenny Florian, like I finish fights. You know, remember when Kenny did that? Yeah, for I sure. Think, I don't know. It was after I think he beat Clay Guida or something like that. And he's like, you know, I'm here. To, I, I finish fights. Blah 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 blah. I'm just getting super fucking amped up. I, I feel like Luke should have done that. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly didn't. I feel like he didn't really call a shot. That's for sure. Like he didn't really. 
no, it's very yeah. polite, you know, and I get it. You know, that's some guys are just, <clears throat> I think some guys are just like that. A lot of jujitsu guys seem to just kind of be like that. Yeah. Like they, they don't feel like they need to be in there pounding their chest and shit, you know, dude, Luke has made bank. He's, he's won his last four, three of those have been performance of the night bonuses. It's a great way to get paid. <laughs> I mean, yeah. fuck, I mean, fuck it. Well, it's just a, a, a testament to the, you know, the UFC, like if you fight well, you finish fights, like you're going to get paid. Yeah. yeah. I think it was funny how uh, the post fight presser for UFC 265, John Morgan asked Dana, you know, about Cyril's performance and why he didn't get a $50,000 bonus. And then Dana was just like, yeah, why the fuck didn't he? And then decided just to give him 50,000. That's awesome. That. No, yeah. I, I guess I didn't, I didn't catch it. Um, John Morgan getting, <laughs> getting fighters paid. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that Dana's willing to recognize that too, though, and be like, yeah, that's odd. I don't know yeah. that he necessarily picks all that. You know, I think no, he, he even, he even turned to, I don't know, whoever the fucking, the other guy, Sean Shelby. And yeah. it was like, Sean, Sean made the call or something like that. But yeah, he decided just to give Cyril a performance bonus too. Interesting. Yeah. It has to be the, it has to be for what they did in the octagon that night. Oh yeah. 100%. Like, it can't, you can't hold shit against Cyril gone. And like in the past, like he's had oh. boring fights in the past. Like if anything, you need to make sure that kid gets paid, you know, because yeah. like, you're going to get more excitement out of him. Yeah. Um, dude, Tisha, Tisha Torres, Angela Hill. I thought that was a great fight. I thought it was pretty clear. Tisha, Tisha was just way ahead of her. Yeah. Angela, I, you know, the last podcast we were talking about, I was, I was praising Angela's cardio because I always, you know, in past fights, she just seemed to have a really solid gas tank, but this one at the end of the first round, like she looks fucking spent, which was surprising. But if you follow her, she's busy girl, man. And she's also been up and down, up and down, up and down, you know, had a fight, lost a fight, had a fight, lost a fight, you know, kind of, kind of shit. Like her, her schedule's not been clean. She's had, she's had quite a few, um, She's probably been in and out of camps on and off weight. You know, she's got a lot of social media shit going on. And she's also, apparently she's like the color commentator for cage warriors, at least yeah. on their stateside. Like, I don't know if that's a permanent gig or what, but you know, she did that the week before mm-hmm. um, it's only one night, but I hope she was able to, you know, I hope it wasn't that commitment that kept her from competing at her best, you know, cause she definitely looked slower. She definitely didn't look like she had the energy that Tisha Tisha was, on it dude yeah man i don't like if you're fighting in the ufc and you want to be a champion which i'm assuming most fighters who fight in the organization want to be like you've you severe i think you really have to limit like what you do outside of you know this profession for sure like do a cut do you know if you if you know you're a uh, every six months kind of fighter you know take your fight do another month or two of commentary or something like that and then yeah and then plan for that next fight but maybe maybe not the week out you know and like, that just might be another indication that fighters aren't getting paid enough. Like if maybe Angela, you know, does this, does the commentary stuff because she likes to, but maybe it's because, you know, right. She needs the money. I, I don't know what, uh, what she gets paid per fight, but yeah, I have no idea how she's been in the UFC for a while now. I mean, uh, how, how did you feel about song and dong and Casey Kenny? Um, uh, I can't really, re- I thought it, I, I guess it was an okay fight. Um, it was split decision. I mean, it was a little back and forth. I thought, I think the Rafael, uh, or Rafael Fiziev and Bobby Green fight should have actually been up one, in my opinion. Um, that was a good fucking fight, man. L- little surprised Bobby Green thought he won that fight, though. Uh, I thought 
pretty clearly fizzy have had two rounds to one yeah you know i'm super i was really shocked that bobby green didn't go unconscious at at some points during that fight because fizzy have hit him with some bombs like flush bombs and bobby just kept well, moving forward for sure bobby green was definitely peppering back like don't yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong like the dude was in the fight but i just thought it was pretty clear that fiziev was or fiziev or whatever they're calling him you know um i thought he was obviously you know the more active fighter man yeah i mean i i i don't think bobby got robbed or anything i, I think that fiziev should have won the fight yeah, the the okay, so the the Vince Morales Draco Rodriguez fight is kind of whatever. Didn't see um, it. Didn't it see a, it. Menafield and Ed Herman. You didn't see that one either. Nope. I, nope. I don't know how Ed Herman stayed in that fight. It was a good one. Did you get the shit kicked out of him. Oh, it was brutal. Really? <laughs> yeah. Jump on jump on ESPN Plus and run that one back if you can. Um, right. Dude, his fucking that Menafield hit him with a low calf kick probably in the first round, and. Herman's fucking calf just turned into a balloon. Oh, really? Oh, it's bad. It's one of the worst. Uh, dude, he's like, you know, Ed Herman's, you know, he's sort of ginger, right? So he's got very pale skin and he's got red hair. So, like, he shows damage. Like, it's yeah. obvious. And, dude, his the contusion was, like, uh, appearing, like, round by round. He looked like the fucking blueberry girl from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Dude, it was bad. <laughs> um, but a good fight nonetheless. And, I mean, it just shows... Ed Herman's just been a gamer forever, dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't like seeing guys get beat down. I mean, I think he was still like pretty in the fight. Like, I don't know that he was necessarily in danger of, you know, each round he was probably in trouble, but it was never like immediately obvious that he was like, like the fight should have been stopped or, you know, like it yeah. was, I think he was still there. He was still in it. I mean, yeah. Carolina Kov- Kovacavich, man, she got, fucking submitted quick and dude penny looked real real yeah. good pretty disappointed for carolina though that's like five in a row now and yes i don't you know she's been like on social media like talking about possibly moving on and like crying and all that stuff i don't think the, US, the usc hasn't announced that they released her or anything i mean it's possible that the, i mean after five losses like how could you not but um she is still a decent draw so be curious to see what they do with her I think it's hard justifying keeping someone around for, you know, on the round of five fight losing streak. Yeah, for no, for sure. I, yeah. I mean, if they, re- I wouldn't be surprised if they release her. Um, well, it's not like she's lost to fucking bums or anything like that. You know, I mean, she, you know, she's lost to either surging like up and comers or like established, you know, for sure, credentialed fighters. Right. Yeah, that eighteen month layoff, I don't think did much good for her though. No, uh, and Penny, you know, thirty-eight years old, man, is kind of surging. Like founder, almost founder, yeah, man. Second wind or something, you know. Yeah, she looks she looks really really good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Your uh, Manel Cop definitely came out with a good one. A little flying knee knockout. Yeah, he needed that. He needed that. He didn't get a performance bonus. You notice that? He missed weight. Yeah, but still, I mean, you can't he, get it when you miss weight. Oh really? Yeah, you you disqualify yourself. Uh, TC called him on it. He's like, but you can't. You know, I think they know each other or possibly trained at some point. Like he's like, you can't be asking for bonuses if you miss weight. You think you think you got like a backroom like locker room bonus from from Dana? I doubt it. Yeah, I think I think it would piss. Uh, if I'm the president of a company, I'd be pretty pissed if my fighter didn't show up on target. You know? Yeah, but he delivered a flying knee fucking KO. 
first round, baby. Yeah, but I mean that you know that fight didn't even actually have to happen. You know, Osborne didn't have to take that fight. If they miss weight, they don't have to take it. Yeah. So I mean, it's you know, that's kind of why I always get bummed out when fighters miss weight. It's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, Osborne got twenty percent of cops' purse or whatever, so cool. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't dig that kind of shit. Miles yeah. Johns, that was a pretty big knockout. Yeah. No, I'm Third spr- round. I don't know why I'm not immediately. Oh, that, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was a good one, huh? Yeah. So these early prelims were all pretty good. Oh, yeah, this uh, this other girl, um, the fight before that, one of the oh, girls the... lost yeah. her arm. Her arm was busted. Like, <clears throat> like the doc touched her arm, and you could see it move. Like, Oh, really? The, yeah, one of the bones. So the commentary team was saying that it was a pre- you know, like she was, I don't know if it was one fight ago, two fights ago, but she was coming, she was coming back from that injury, like had to have it repaired. That happened to Paige Van Zandt. Van Zandt had her arm fractured, thought she was good, had it fractured again, and then had to have it rebuilt. Mm. So, I mean, you know, that that's what, it, when you fight kick heavy people, you know, and you're blocking it with your arms, you know, you, there's a good chance you're going to break an arm at some point. Is that what busted this, this chick's uh, shit up? Oh, I, I got to think it was, yeah. Cause it was low near the wrist, you know, it was this bone right here, like, oh, you know, low near the wrist. I'd, I'd have to run it back to actually see potentially where it broke. It could have been broke when she went in, you know, but she's like, my, my right arm's gone. I can't throw it, you know, like I can, she's like, I can fight, but I can't throw it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, pretty good card, man, but, um, definitely didn't have the, the huge paperweight or pay-per-view draw, you know, that you would have hoped. It could have just been a big ESPN card, you know. I, f- I feel like if Derek Lewis would have like pulled a Derek Lewis and, and knocked Cyril out, like people would be talking about how how good of a card it was. Maybe, but it, I mean, it would be misguided because you know it's not like the rest of the card was. Yeah. So over the top, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't base an entire, I'm talking about the entire card top to bottom. I can't base it on just one fight. Like, sure. You know, um, I mean, the main card was good, but I, I mean, if, if it was just on ESPN, like primetime, it would have been enough. You know, I yeah. don't, I don't think it, it, you know, losing, I actually, I do now think that losing the Nunez fight hurt this card quite a bit. You know, whatever, whether, whether she was a main event or not, like that fight would have fucking for sure given this card like the pop that it needed, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's unfortunate, man. I mean, obviously COVID is what COVID is, dude. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Did you, you see know? Juliana Juliana's calling for an interim uh, Bantamweight title bout? Well, and she's got a good argument, dude. Like, yeah. so Nunez, Nunez is back. She got cleared just the other day. She's already back training. You know, COVID sucks, but she hasn't she hasn't defended that because she's doing consecutive weight classes. She hasn't defended that belt for a while. Yep. It's over like it's over a year now that that belt hasn't been defended because she's fighting at featherweight, right? So that's a legitimate argument. No, dude, it's all it's been almost two years. She last defended her title in December of twenty nineteen against Jermaine. The hundred and thirty five pound belt? Yeah, her band weight title. Wow. She's she's done two consecutive featherweight defenses. Interesting. Yep. Been almost two years. So yeah, Juliana's got a point. But if well, Amanda's ready to go, like by the end of the year, then they're not going to fucking, you know, they're not going to do an interim, an interim fight. Yeah, for right? yeah, yeah. I wouldn't think. I mean, 
Or maybe they will. Who knows? I mean, uh, an interim title. I don't know who Juliana would fight. Um, maybe Misha? Maybe Holly? I don't even know, dude. It's weird. That's. I mean, it's an interesting... Apparently, like, Holly... Oh, got a fight coming up. Does she, who did who took the fight? Because they've been saying people won't fight her. There's a lot of Holly? Yeah, there's a lot of I guess there's a lot of a lot of girls that won't fight her. She's scheduled to fight uh, Norma Dumont in uh, October. Wow. So she she had she was supposed to fight in May, I think, and was sick. Something happened to her. Yeah, she was supposed to fight Juliana. Okay. But something happened. Like she had like an actual medical condition. I don't know if she went to the hospital or not, but it was whatever it was. Hydronephrosis. That's right. We talked about that, right? Yeah. So interesting, dude. Yeah. I don't know, man. I wonder what they're going to do with all that. Juliana Pena looks fucking fit and in shape, dude. She looks strong. Yeah, um, I'm not I, saying I, she's strong enough to contend with Nunez, but she looks great. You know, I think I think if Nunez is is able to fight by the end of the year at 135, then the UFC will will not pursue an interim title. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you wonder like how they rank their champs. You know, most other champs would have had to do an interim situation at I that. I mean, length. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we just saw what happened with. In Ganu, you know. Well, they were using that her belt as an example. Like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. So, what are you just gonna have interim titles like all the time? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Like right now, women's women's bantamweight. You've got Amanda is the champ. Number one ranked is Jermaine Duran to me, and then you've got two at is Holly Holm, three Aspen Lad, four Irene Eldana, and five is is Juliana Pena. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know, man. I, I mean, have they they haven't announced a new date? I don't think on the Pena Nunes fight. So, no, nothing's been announced yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, time will tell, man. At least we get a, we still get a, a good weekend of fights, man. There's there's a lot to watch, that's for sure. And yeah, Bellator I think will be uh, pretty good. I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing Wisasi fight, man. I, I yeah, just, so I would you really would you say you're more into the Bellator card than the PFL card or? Are you down for both? Like, what are you more excited about? Uh, probably, probably Bellator, simply because of um, the main and the co-main event. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Although I, I feel like the the PFL card is going to be really, really exciting too. Yeah, like, but Musasi's a fighter that no matter what organization he's in, I'm gonna I'm gonna want to watch. You know? Yeah, yeah. I dig. I, I've been watching him a long, long time. I feel like when did, did he pop in Pride or did he first show up in Pride Bushido? Do you remember? Um, I don't know what. He, I think he fought twice, two or three times in Pride. Um, and then, I'm, but then he became a, a staple, I think, in some of the Bushido fights, right? Because uh, Bushido, the Bushidos were to highlight lighter weights, I think. Oh yeah, he fought on he fought uh, Pride Bushido eleven, twelve, and thirteen. He went okay. two and one, two and one in the organization. Okay. Interesting. But, but then he, I mean, he he became well known fighting in dream when he won the middleweight grand prix that's right yeah that's right knocked out jocker with that fucking up kick <laughs> I, I need to go back and watch that dude i remember i missed I was, I was living in san diego at the time i had just gotten out of the marine corps and uh i missed the event but i i, I expected jocker was going to win and then i remember i looked at the results on mma junkie the next day and i saw that 
Musasi won via upkick, and I just lost my fucking shit, man. I did. <laughs> like, he, I, awesome. I never could have imagined that Musasi would have won that way. Yeah, especially yeah. seeing how how brutal Jacare used to fight when he was, you know, fighting in Dream. For like sure, he was he was putting everybody away. Yeah, yeah, everybody. I mean, it was like he had he all guns were blazing because everyone was so afraid of his grappling. You Dude, know? yeah, Jacare in, in like that that time people were fucking terrified of that guy uh, rightfully so though i mean his grappling was literally oh, yeah. next, next level like not even close you know yep yep all right my man i think uh i think we're in for a good weekend um and it's it's cool that you know we can focus on a couple different promotions for a weekend and um let the ufc do whatever the ufc does Bellator's doing the, the they're airing on showtime right yeah, they, that's that's when they normally. Yeah. Oh, I think all their events right now they have a big Showtime deal. Yeah, yeah. So it's accessible, you know, if you have it, it you don't have to pay. You're paying a monthly fee rather than. I mean, I think non ESPN Plus subscribers had to pay like ninety bucks for that UFC pay per view this weekend if you didn't already subscribe, and the, and it, now it's up to um, seventy. Yeah. For it's a regular pay per view. Yeah, it's not cheap to be a UFC fan these days. Yep. So. Well, I've got a good fucking deal on Showtime because I've got the student Spotify subscription. So it's yeah. like four bucks a month and then you get Showtime in there too. So that's awesome. Kind of, kind of playing the system a little bit. <laughs> that's cool, man. All right, bud, let's shut it down, man. I'll, I'll uh, we do what we always do. I'll push this out and then we'll, uh, we'll recap again next week, man. Shout out to Billy for uh, reviewing and watching uh, Robot Apocalypse starring Q Ortiz. Yeah, probably. Like- an Academy Award winning feature. You can't, I don't know that you can really say starring. I guess he was only in it for 11 minutes. And I would imagine that Billy was pretty accurate with that. So He's going the Steven Seagal route. You remember in Executive Decision, Steven Seagal was like, billed as one of the top, you know, the leading guys in that movie. And then he got sucked out of the fucking airplane like 10 minutes in. <laughs> That's awesome. Remember that? Yeah. Tito's. That's so good. Yeah. The, well, Billy said it best, man. Tito's shout out to Tito's agent. You for know. getting him that fucking gig yeah because you know he probably got paid decent i'm not saying he made loads of money but you know i don't good. know man that seemed like a pretty low fucking budget movie i don't know how much funding those guys had <laughs> who knows yeah. but i guess tito's got more time in his hands now that he's not uh, on city council or whatever yeah he totally walked off that <laughs> yeah uh, all right bro I'm, i might just go watch it just because don't do it when it's free content i'll watch it you paid. You, you paid. I know when it becomes free, I'll watch it. Oh no, no, you won't. There's so many fucking we we. There's so many movies you haven't fucking seen that we've briefly discussed in the past that you need to watch before you sit down and waste two hours of your time watching fucking shitty robot apocalypse. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Shoot me a text with some movies I need to watch, and I'll watch them. Oh, okay. Well, give me a genre. Uh, I don't know, dude. I'm down. <laughs> okay. Is John Wick its own own genre now? I like shit no. like that. No. You should you should watch that uh, that nobody with Bob Odenkirk. It's like uh, kind of like John Wick. Yeah. Apparently, very good. Uh, I think yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's on the airplanes right now. I think actually, hmm. I heard it's weird, but I'll watch it. No, it's supposed to be good. Just like uh, a fucking normal guy who goes vigilante, who has a special set of skills. It's basically like Taken, like a um, maybe a more uh humor induced uh form of taken starring you know Liam Neeson. Those are good movies. I like those. I've never seen them. 
and here, you are, here you are talking shit. Listen. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're not bad, but like Deadpool said, like at what point is it just bad parenting? <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Let's shut it down, man. I'll uh, All right. we'll push this out, man. Like I said, uh, I'll t- I'll talk with you again here soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, man. All right, later. Ha, 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 ha.